Well, welcome to Mayflower Church on this wintry Sunday. Whether you're safe and warm with us here in the sanctuary or you're safe and warm somewhere else and joining us via live stream, we're happy to be together. And by the way, if you are not aware, our live stream numbers are quite significant. So those of you watching, thank you. doesn't look like necessarily the sanctuary is full, but if you picture all of the people who are joining us virtually, it is a very full group. So we are very, very grateful for that. If you do find yourself here in the sanctuary and you're near the aisle, there's a friendship register, so please sign it and pass it. And those of you who are virtually with us, there is an e-registry we'd love for you to fill out as well. So prayer cards are in the pew rack if you see those in front of you and you have a prayer request, either for the congregational prayer this morning or something you would like added to our weekly prayer email list, please go ahead and fill that out. The ushers will collect those during our middle hymn. So midweek resumes this Wednesday, and there are other activities happening around the church, and you will find information in your bulletin. This morning, we are thrilled beyond measure that Joel Schoon Tannis is here with us. He's working on a very special mural project with our students and youth that's going to transform a section of our church. So hopefully that has piqued your interest, um, and you can watch for progress. Uh, there will be some postings on Facebook, on Facebook, and you can walk down the hall by the offices and look for yourself. So thank you, Joel, for being here. We're super excited you're here. So now Dr. Julia Brown is going to tell us a word about today's music. So midweek starts this week, and also um, chancel choir and Mayflower bells. Um, and it's always a good time to join any of those groups. So I encourage you to come at 6 o'clock on Wednesday for a handbell choir or 7 o'clock in the chapel uh, for our chancel choir. About today's music, uh, with the theme of creation, you will see a couple of familiar hymns, uh, some beloved hymns like Morning Has Broken and our closing hymn, God, You Spin the Whirling Planets. Those are very familiar to this congregation. But there is one in our um, hymnal that might not be so familiar. The middle hymn is called Earth and All Stars. It's number 30 in our hymnal. It comes from the Lutheran tradition. This uh, was written for the 90th anniversary of St. Olive College in Minnesota, um, and uh, it was specifically requested by uh, Pastor Steve, um, which I was so happy that he encouraged, nudged me to say, okay, it's time to uh, sing something that might not be so familiar. So it was written, both the music and the text, in 1964, and there are some quite amazing images in this text. Um, so uh, loud things that praise God, including loud boiling test tubes. So that gives you an idea of what we're in for. Um, when asked about the lyrics of this text, uh, the author, who's a Lutheran pastor, said, I tried to gather into a hymn of praise the many facets of life which emerge in the life of community. So there are the references to buildings, nature, learning, family, war, festivity, 
seasons, emotions, death, resurrection, bread, wine, you name it. Just wonderful, wonderful um, images that he let his imagination kind of soar as he wrote this text. You'll find our call to worship in your bulletin, and if you would join me in the response, that would be wonderful. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord. Let everyone stand awe of him for when he spoke the world began it appeared at his command come let us worship the lord of creation
Let us pray. Lord of all creation, we sing your praise, and we celebrate that you are the ultimate creator and the most incredible artist. Blow us away with your vision. Help us to see your power and glory this morning and always. Amen. I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward at this time. I am so excited to introduce you to Joel Schoontanis. You are the first kids that get to work with him this week at Mayflower. We've been planning this for over nine months to have Joel join us. And you and all the other children and youth here at Mayflower get to make this amazing mural in the hallway right across from the office area. And for those of you here in the sanctuary and online, every day we're going to be posting on Facebook and Instagram the progress of the mural. And then we'll have the finished results by next weekend. So, Joel, I'm going to hand it off to you. All right. Good morning. How are you? How do you like my church clothes? Yeah, pretty nice, right? (laughs) Hey, so as you can tell and as you just heard, I'm an artist. And so this morning I wanted to talk to you about pictures because that's what I do. I do pictures. But before I get to that, I just want to talk about pictures called that we might call symbols. Symbols are images that we might use to tell us something, right? So let's see if you can tell me what these symbols mean. What does that one mean? Stop or don't do it. Whatever's on the other side of that, don't do it. Okay, let's try another one. What's that for? Anyone know? Texting. Yeah, you press that for texting. Let's try one more. What's that symbol mean? Nike. Just so you know, I am not sponsored by Nike. So we have symbols that can tell us things. You look at the symbol and you know, oh, that clothing or that shoe is made by Nike. Don't do that. I press this to text. Okay? Um, in the church... We also have symbols. There might be symbols we have that say, hey, I follow Jesus. I am a Christian. What are some symbols? Maybe we, we wear it on, a, on a, a chain or something like that. But what are some symbols? Yeah? What, what I hear? The cross? So we might have a cross. Right? 
So a cross says, I'm a follower of Jesus. Does anyone else know some other symbols that say Christian, make me Christian? I got one for you. This one's, this one's pretty cool because it was a secret code back in the day. Yeah, that thing that looks like a fish. We call it ichthus. But there's a fish symbol. But check this out. That was a symbol that early Christians used. It used to be really dangerous to be a Christian. And if you were showing up to where the Christians were meeting, where early Jesus followers were, the first person would put a line, the first line in the sand, and the second person would complete it. It was like a secret password. Isn't that cool? Now, mainly, we just put them on the back of our SUVs. I do not have one on the back of my car because I'm a bad driver. That Christian cut me off. (laughs) Okay, so those are symbols. There are other kinds of um, images, though, or pictures, and that's art. That's what I'm sort of all about. So let me show you the kind of art I like to do. So there's the world's fastest lion, right? Says meow. No? This is a tough crowd. You're a tough crowd. Okay. So I like, to, I like to draw animals a lot. But you know the other thing I like to do? I like to do drawings like what maybe really little kids would do. So I might add something like this. What's that? It's a sheep. Okay. And then I might use, I add even some more things to help us think about a Bible passage or a Bible story. So some sunglasses. It's very biblical. And that's a towel because the lion will lay out with the lamb. Wait, no, nobody, nobody. There's actually, there's a passage in the Bible from Isaiah. Uh, we call it the peaceful kingdom. It actually talks about the wolf will live with the lamb. The lion will lie down with the calf. Basically all these animals with big pointy teeth will lay down with little fluffy animals and not eat them. And they'll live in peace. And sometimes I do even sort of whimsical images, we might say, to help people think about those passages. So they might see this and be like, I know that's not right. But it might make them think about that passage again and think about things that are peaceful. Right now, given the weather this week, something peaceful to me would be being on the beach. How about you? Yeah. So we use, I can use pictures, artwork, to help people think about Bible stories. I even turn them into more fancy paintings. And so this is a new big art book I did called The Gospels, 40 of the Gospels, with all stories from um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I do artwork like that. And what's super cool, as you heard, is this week, you guys are going to help me create art to tell people about God here at your church. We're going to paint a big creation picture to talk about how God made everything and how awesome that is. 
and you are going to be the first people to paint on it. No pressure. Okay? No pressure. Um, so we'll be starting on that in just a minute. But my one last thing I just want to say is, you know, we're all given gifts from God. And my gifts happen to be art. And I use my gifts to help share things about God's kingdom and Jesus' love. And so my question to all of us is really, it's like, what are the gifts we're given and how can we use those to share about Jesus' love? Let's have a prayer about that, okay? Dear Lord, thank you for the ways that you have gifted us um, and that you have made us creative in so many ways, in art, in all other ways, Lord, to help share about you. I want to pray for these kids especially that as they grow, they'll discover what those gifts are and use them for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We will all dismiss and we'll head downstairs for Sunday school.
I invite you to turn to page one in the Pew Bible in front of you in the Pew Rack. Page one is relatively easy to find. And there we will discover Genesis chapter one. I would like to read for you the entire chapter. It's a wonderful description of what God can do. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day and God said let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it 
according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Harry, for so powerful a reading. If you're like me, New Year's resolutions are part of the routine of a new year. And if you are like me, by January 9th, they begin to fall apart. But the point behind this New Year's resolution ritual is the desire for personal transformation. That something about us would be changed just a little bit over the course of the next 365 days. That desire for transformation in us And in God's heart for us will be our worship theme in these two months now, January and February, before the Lenten season. This is Epiphany, when we celebrate God's light, God's light to shine upon us, and we humbly stand in awe of our Creator God. And today, having Joel Tannis as our guest and his marvelous, marvelous skill that's going to leave its mark 
upon our life as a church, physically in the hallway and in our hearts as we take in this wonderful creative skill. It is good for us as we think of transformation to go back to the very beginning. The great opening statement that we have heard, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The masterpiece of God. And that masterpiece of creation that we can barely comprehend, even though we live as a part of it all of our life and on into eternity, is an expression of incredible power and infinite care. God creates heaven and earth, including a creature formed in His image, male and female, created He them. To know who we are and why we are here, we need to go back to the creation story. It gives us meaning and dignity and purpose. So comprehend in words that are so, so inadequate, something of the incredible power expressed in the text that Eric read. Everything comes out of nothing. In the beginning, God, pure, self-existent being, God has no origin. Now, everything around us, as we know, everything that we can touch and see and hear and study, it has a cause, cause and effect, we call it. The pulpit, the automobile you drove in here this morning, you yourselves, caused by something, parents, a carpenter, metal workers, and so much more. But nothing caused God to be. He is the uncaused cause of everything. Nothing made him. Nothing preceded him. How did he do it, this creation? The only thing we are told is that he spoke. God called the universe into being. St. Augustine, 1,500 years ago, used a fancy word. He called it divine fiat. Now, I don't know about you, but when I heard the word fiat, I think of a little Italian car, probably too little to drive safely on the road. I don't think so much of Augustine. But the dictionary defines fiat as a command or an act of a will that creates something. Now, no artist, not even Joel Tannis, can speak to his paint and create Mona Lisa. A sculpture would be considered a lunatic to stand in front of a mountain and command, command it to be Mount Rushmore. Human beings cannot change the course of nature or bring things into existence by sheer talk. 
We cannot stop rivers with our words or move mountains. But God can. His voice is almighty. Now scientists tell us of the vastness, the incomprehensible vastness of creation. And when we consider it, we are humbled by the incredible power. We know that our planet, this planet Earth, is a mere fleck of dust in a vast galaxy. And that our entire galaxy is but a small drop in a vast ocean that we call the universe. There are at least 100 billion galaxies in the universe. And in each galaxy, there are at least 100 billion stars. Our Milky Way galaxy, one of the smallest, is so immense, so huge, that it would take one million light years to travel from one end to the other. It's estimated that there are 10,000 quintillion stars in the universe. Well, I can't comprehend that number, but I guess it is you take, you write 10,000 and you follow it up with 18 zeros. It's mind-boggling. The light from some of these stars is 60 quintillion light years away. Now, light travels at the rate of 186,000 miles per second, seven and a half times around the equator. In a second, traveling at that speed, it takes 60 quintillion light years for the light from some of those stars to get to where you and I can see them in the night sky. How can we comprehend it? But consider also the infinitesimally minute particles of creation. My middle child, my oldest son, Matthew, who was with us here on Christmas Eve, is a doctor in Minneapolis at the Children's Hospital at the University of Minneapolis. He is educated at the University of Michigan, many of you. I was talking with him a little bit, and he painted this picture, and I, I probably won't say it right. But we know that atoms are the tiny particles that become the building block of life and of the universe. And then an atom is made up of a proton and a neutron and an electron in that tiny little particle. And that the tiniest of those particles is the electron. So I was told that if you take an electron and you blow it up to the size of an apple in your pantry today, just that size. 
one little electron. And then you increase your size in proportion to that electron that is now an apple in your pantry. How big would you be? How big do you think? Shaquille O'Neal? This building? State of Michigan? The ocean? You would be so large that you, in the palm of your hand, could hold the entire solar system. And that solar system in the palm of your hand would be so tiny to your eye that it would take a magnifying glass to see it. The vastness of creation is beyond imagining. The intricacy of creation. Amazing. The psalmist says, great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Good word. A good thing for us to do. To meditate. To try to comprehend a bit of the greatness of our God. But after this spectacular beginning, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, God now combines infinite power with infinite care and love. Notice when verse 1 of Genesis 1 ends, God has not yet said, and God saw that it was good. He hasn't said that yet. Power and might expressed in that creation alone are not enough to make God's creation good. That will take love and care as well. So the loving activity of God begins its work in verses 2 and 3. The Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God said that it was good. Here is a picture of a loving activity that God wants to bring to completion in the life of every man and woman and every child in this church and in his world today. Verse 2 says that creation was a formless void. The darkness covered the face of the deep. But God combines incredible power with infinite care and he shapes an incomprehensibly vast universe right down to those infinitesimally small dimensions. 
right down to the brain function of a creature He made like Him. You and me. Some of you understand the functions of the human brain far more than I do. When I begin to read of it, I get confused instantly. But this last week, I have been quite interested in the function of the human brain as my granddaughter Madeline had brain surgery. Successful brain surgery. Thank God for the skill of doctors just this past Wednesday. And her brain and her body is adjusting to this new thing that's happened in that space of intricate care and life. Her recovery has been slower than expected. She's, we're told by the doctors that the brain is adjusting to the new space that it has as they scraped away some of the bone to make work. Room for growth within her brain. I don't understand that. But I wonder if today, or at some point in the year 2022, what we are being formed to be, what we are being transformed to be by the grace of God, will feel a little formless or maybe void of purpose, a bit empty. And may we wonder the sense of it, the why of it all. But I would say, let's step back and get a large look at God's creative purpose for these creatures, you and me, that He made in His image, formed by His power, and touched with His incredible love and care. And indeed, the Scriptures tell us, and we will be looking at this, that His purpose for you, for me, is to transform us into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the infinite care of this incredibly powerful God. So may we let the incredible power and infinite care of a loving God bring beauty out of the chaos of our own lives as we seek to be transformed by our Creator God. Amen.
The ushers are going to come forward in a moment to collect this morning's offering. We know some of you give in person, some of you give online, and some of you give via text. We're so grateful for your partnership and supporting the ministry here at Mayflower.
Holy Lord, you are the creator and author, and all we have comes from you. So we, te- we dedicate our gifts, our tithes, our, off- our offerings, and we pray that they bring you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. You may be seated. It's now time for our congregational prayer, so if you would join your heart with mine, we will lift up the, the praises and petitions of our community. Creator God, we thank you this morning for your incredible power and your infinite care. You shaped the earth from its very foundation. You hung each incredible star in its place. The grandeur of your creative works knows no bounds. We are in awe. And even in the expanse of your mighty deeds, you care so deeply about the minutiae of our lives. Thank you. We can rest in your care, knowing that we are held in your powerful and tender embrace. As a congregation, we celebrate our life together in the community that we share. You have guided us and you continue to guide us through confusing and strange days. And for this, we are eternally grateful. Lord, we're grateful for those who are joining us virtually, that our community is large and loving and together in ways that we just can't always see. So we thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, we also must admit that life can be really hard. That we pause and question you. We doubt your goodness. We struggle with our faith. As we seek to be transformed and as we're learning the next couple months about how to be transformed into your likeness, this is hard. So please meet us in these cracks and crevices, these tight places where we need your light to break through. This morning, as a body of believers... We share our joys and we share our pains. And Lord, we're so thankful for Madeline Small's surgery, Steve's granddaughter, that she was able to live in an era where this kind of surgery is even possible. But Lord, we know the recovery is not, already has not been swift and smooth. So we pray that it is swift. We pray that it is complete. We pray that she's restored to full health. And we pray for peace to just settle like a blanket on their whole family. And, Lord, we lift up this morning to you Sue Stoddard, who lost her father this week. He passed away after a long illness. So we pray that you wrap your arms of comfort around Sue and her whole family. And another request, Lord, that came in yesterday. We pray for Steve Wirt, who this week will be entering hospice care after a journey with cancer. Lord, we pray for Steve. We pray for his heart, for his spirit. We pray that you are just so intimately with him in this dark time, this scary time. We pray that he has absolute peace. But Lord, we specifically think of his son Spencer, his daughters, Emma and Lily. They're just teenagers and young adults. We just pray that you guide them, that you're with them, that they feel your peace and comfort. And Lord, for those undergoing tests and medical procedures this week, we pray for health, we pray for healing, we pray for Recovery. Be with all of us, Lord. Be near to us. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Hear our prayer.
Lord, we acknowledge there are times when we just don't even know how to pray. So thank you that Jesus taught the disciples a prayer for us today as well. Let us now join our hearts and our voices together as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The psalmist cried out, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. May God the Creator continue to do His creative work in your heart and life. May He renew your spirit and go forth under the hand of the incredible power and infinite care of our Creator God. Amen and Amen.